Welcome to Delera Talks, the business English communication podcast for non-native professionals. My name is Paula, and I am co-hosting this show with Simon. In this podcast, we're going to be covering communication advice and tips to help express yourself with confidence in English and professional settings. So we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back, everybody, to another awesome episode of Talera Talks. Uh, wherever you are, I hope you're having a great day, uh, filled with a lot of learning and sunshine. Hopefully, um, my name is Simon, and I'm joined today by Paula. Paula, how are you doing? Hi, Simon. I'm doing great. Very excited about you know this episode and our guest. Yeah, that's right. We have another awesome guest, one that we've uh, yeah really been looking forward to, um, and I am as usual going to do a small little introduction. Now, um, Leon, just uh, tell me if I'm saying your name right, or if any of these amazing facts are just uh, you know kind of out of the ballpark. But um, yeah, so where do I begin with Leon Nussbaumer? That's right. That's perfect. Awesome. All right. So, um, yeah, I mean, a man who really seems to be doing it all. Uh, several years of experience in human resources, talent acquisition, um, as well employer branding, and um, you know, I basically ripped off your your LinkedIn uh, profile and, and made it my own here. But um, you know, in your in his own words. Um, he talks about loving, uh, helping people achieve their goals through content creation and social selling on LinkedIn, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. And among the many things that you're doing, I mean, yeah, creating content on LinkedIn, um, personal branding, connecting people, um, as well, running your own podcast and community, Leon and the Professionals, which I think is really cool. Um, we've you said you're now at episode number five, so it's a new creation, but something that uh, looks very, very exciting. And you already have a lot of very interesting guests and awesome guests. And besides all of this, you are doing the nine to five, working um, with talent acquisition, uh, talent attraction, excuse me, um, at LinkedIn. So with recruitment marketing and employer branding, um, and you're doing a special focus with content creation, which I think there's so many things here that we wanted to get into. Um, but first, I have a quick question before we let you introduce yourself a little bit. Um, if you can tell us your favorite F1 driver and your favorite type of coffee. Favorite F1 driver, uh, Ayrton Senna. Uh, probably my favorite. Um, legend, of course. Yeah, legend. Used to watch his races, you know, from probably... 1984 onwards um actually i was born in 1984 i'm just telling my age but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but around around that time uh favorite coffee um i have a, well i don't have a favorite coffee i think i like to explore uh with coffee probably same way as people that like beer and craft beer like to explore the different flavors um so that's what i like to do and i use you know different methods different coffees, uh, sometimes even the cheap coffee. I try to to make cheap coffee uh, taste great. Uh, so it's a nice challenge. Oh, that is. That is a nice I challenge. I that. Great. <laughs> um, and, and could you tell us the parts maybe that I missed, a little bit about where you're from originally, mm. um, where you grew up, and, and what 
what brought you here today? Sure. So I, my family has uh, quite of an international uh, story. Uh, my parents, they were actually born in Congo at a time where it used to be called uh, Zaire, uh, if you speak French. And they lived in different places uh, across the globe, but uh, Belgium mostly. And then my mom lived uh, some time in Spain and then they went to Brazil and that's where I was born. So I was born in Sao Paulo. Um, I think a lot of people know uh, Sao Paulo, but I was raised uh, in Santos, which is the city, you know, who is from Santos? Neymar uh, from uh, Paris Saint-Germain is from Santos and uh, Pelé. Uh, Pelé, of course. Exactly. For the uh, hardcore old football, old school football fans. <laughs> um, and then in Brazil, it's where I lived most of my life. And when I decided that um, I wanted to make a career change, um, I did law, I studied law, I passed the bar exam, I worked two years with tax law, um, but I didn't want to work with law at all and didn't want to be a lawyer. It was more for because of the pressure of my family. Yeah. Uh, I decided to, to go to Ireland because I was like, I want to work in a multinational, probably in a role uh, with a role re uh, related to communication. And then I went to Ireland and here I am after almost 12 years, it's going to be 12 years in May. Um, having a having a good time and doing a little bit of everything, as you just mentioned there. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's, that's fascinating. And then what brought you? I mean, from coming from law, then you know, moving into a communication career, and then having experience in the HR field. What what drove you there? Um, that's a good question. I don't think I have as a. I don't have a great inspiring story to tell for most part. So when I was, first of all, back home, there is a pressure for us to get into university very early. I think it's a little bit different here in Europe, I feel. But there, you know, you'll be getting to university, maybe depending on where you were born, 17, 18, 19, and you're already making a decision what are you going to do for life. So I remember having this conversation with my dad because um, I never knew Maybe I always knew, but I didn't see that as a possibility. I don't want to turn this into a, a therapy session. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it as a possibility. So I had that feeling that I, I you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, so if you didn't know what you were going to do back then in Brazil, you would go for the, you know, the traditional uh, careers that could give you money. So you're talking about being a doctor, uh, being an engineer or being a lawyer. Um, so I had that conversation with my my dad and he was like, well, you know, do you like to he brought me to see uh, like dead bodies in a, in a hospital or whatever. I Whoa. didn't like that. So <laughs> I, 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 that's I, I, the fourth. That's the fourth. Uh, <laughs> <shock> therapy. <laughs> I removed that from the list. Yeah. Then he was like, do you like math? And I was like, no. So he was like, so <laughs> go and do law. <laughs> that's easy. <laughs> Dead bodies, math. Oh, I guess the other idea would be law. Yes. Yeah, but <laughs> something that I, regardless of the the work environment that I was in and the the job that I had, I was always it was always very easy for me to deal uh, with people and to gain people's trust. Mm. Um, and I think that's a skill that I carried over. You know, when I was working with tax law when I came to Ireland and worked in the restaurant industry, which 
for me was one of the most fun times that I ever experienced in, in, a, in a workplace. And then deciding to go to human resources because in my head I was very I was being very simplistic and I was like, well, I'm good with people. I think HR, yes, that's what they need. Um, and in the end, I realized that that wasn't the case at all. And I actually escaped from the HR roles because I I saw that uh, some HR practitioner, practitioners and 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 some HR departments are like a doctor's room or a mm. psychology office. A lot of there's a lot of joy, but there's a lot of problems that employees go through. And I didn't want to to deal with that. I didn't feel that I had the, the energy. Um, and then going to a recruitment coordination because someone made the transition and they told me, well, HR was a bit heavy for me, but recruitment is all joy. People are trying to be the best version of themselves. <laughs> it's fast paced, it's intense, but you know, when you're speaking to candidates, they are selling themselves. So it's not that bad. So I was like, oh, interesting. Right. So I went into recruitment and that's where I spent uh, almost three years um, working in uh, tech uh, recruitment. Yeah. But from the first year in recruitment, I realized that it wasn't really for me. So I've been working on my career transition since pre-pandemic uh, times. And I think the pandemic delayed things a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then I moved companies. I started to create content on LinkedIn to make uh, the transition happen because I had tried, but I, I could not land because of lack of experience. So right. I was like, okay, I'll just showcase that online. Um, and that's how I got the role that I that I have today, which is, you know, to the point exactly uh, what I wanted to do. Um, it took some time. So from 1984 to today, you make the, the mat, but I'm here today. <laughs> and that's what matters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So when you moved, uh, I mean, from what you've taught, you really have um, a very diverse background and yeah. and you must be used to the, the interaction with people from, from all over. But how was it for you? Like at, at what point in, in communication and especially in English, because that's how most people communicate, mm. uh, you know, in the business environment, was that a shock for you? Was there a challenge or were you, you know, you found it easy breezy? No, ultra cha challenging. Um, we have, and we learn English back home, but I was always the, you know, worst student of the class. Uh, English wasn't for me until I, I, I came to Ireland. Um, so even though English wasn't for me, I am very curious. That's why, you know, I'm, doing all sorts of things um and i'm like can i do this can i do that so i can try so you know i i i, I always had that mindset they call it a growth mindset they mm. didn't have a name for it in 1990 <laughs> 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 but, uh, but um what was your question again i lost i lost train of I was talking about we were talking just about english and your community oh, yeah. skills when you moved so when i came to ireland um because i was very curious and because i didn't have the visa to 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 work and i had to study english i made a commitment that i was going to attend classes every single day regardless of you know where i was uh, on the night before so <laughs> many many times that i went after night out yeah. um I, I was always there i was always learning um and pushing myself to to learn the language 
I can't really tell why, but I there was a sense of joy, and still today there is a sense of joy of you know on learning, attached to learning new things, yeah. attaching to improve my pronunciation, especially now that I'm running the podcast again and I'm listening to myself, and I sometimes I forget the ed, sometimes I. You know, completely mispronunciate a, a, a word, a word, um, and I say in, in Portuguese words that I should say in English. So it's a, it's a, it's something I don't know. It, it brings me joy to to get better. So when I arrived in Ireland, that's the approach that I had. I also had a relationship with a a local uh, lady here that that helped. Um, at the start, it wrecked my head, and I used to have headaches when I, when I, when I was with with her friends because you know they were they speak very fast and they were speaking, and then believing or not, at the time we had arguments because she was like, "You are very silent, silent uh, amongst yeah. my friends while you are with them. You don't say anything," and I was like, "I can't keep up with the pace." So I just <laughs> <Yeah. can't." laughs> so um that was my journey so the fact that i was committed to it i think the relationship with her and hanging out with her friends 24 7 uh, helped a lot and then the fact that i you know i think within i think english is much is less complex than portuguese and i was also able to express myself better mm. with oh, english awesome. than in portuguese portuguese wow. is very rich english is you know i feel it's to the point um mm. straightforward clear, simple, concise. Yeah. And I think I enjoyed that. Um, so that's probably one of the reasons. Thank you. Thank you for yeah, the reflection. That, that's interesting. And, and that's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm so glad that you you talked about like joy as part of the process. And, and we were talking about that this morning, actually, about how it's so important that mistakes are not seen in a negative light, but in a, in a, positive life like that is part of the learning journey and and you can't develop a skill without this you know you know going through the mistakes and having that be the the fun part um and also the the immersion part you know that what you're talking about you know with in a relationship and with you know her friends and that's so fully immersive and i, I totally know that feeling of just sitting there around a table, you know, with, you know, in a relationship with, with her friends and, and just kind of standing and smiling. And, you the know, ultimate test, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> what about laughing? I use laugh. Uh, I use laugh for, 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 for many purposes. And uh, one is to hide that I, not today, today last, but you know, to hide that I have no clue what's going on here. I'm just gonna laugh. Everyone's gonna laugh together. And there was a situation where I was working in the uh, the first job that I had here properly was a, a restaurant, and the manager of the restaurant was telling me a story. No, actually, someone had missed a, a day of work, and I asked, "Oh, where is where is Mark?" And she came back to me and said, "Well, his uh, uh, his grandmother passed away." But I didn't understand, so I started <laughs> laughing. I was like, <laughs> "She was like, this is not funny." And I was, uh, "What did you say?" <laughs> oh my god! Oh, so no, yeah. learning from the very beginning is better to ask for clarification than to laugh yeah, at something that there. you don't understand. Um, there you go. Yeah, and, and so I'm I'm really curious how this. Did you feel like improving in your English and everything like that? It helped you when you were getting to the point where you were interviewing um, because, you know, we work with a lot of 
a lot of professionals who are either interviewing or have just gotten their job. And one of the biggest things that they worry about is their level of English and how are they being perceived as a professional, as a person? Will they fit in? And there's so, so much of this insecurity and 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 kind of focus on that which i mean understandably right it, it can really seem very daunting and and we work with so many people that are in that situation from your experience i guess two questions around it what was it like for you moving into you know these multinational global companies where english is the lingua franca how how was that for you but also as a as an interviewer you know, how was that interviewing with people where you could tell English wasn't their first language? And, and you know, I guess, I mean, in terms of like a communication in a global company, I guess it's, you know, where is the bar really as high as everybody thinks when it comes to you need to be so fluent to be able to to operate, you know, effectively in a in a company like that? Yeah. I don't think it is. You can see by me uh, talking to no. you and having a, a role in communication. You know, I, I I create videos and I have to. I look after subtitles. You know, it's it's uh, it's kind of mad, but um, I don't think I don't think fluency uh, is needed for me. I think one of the other things as well that I work so hard with it is to is the fear of judgment and fear of failing and fear of someone, you know, coming to me and say, Oh, my God, did you see uh, Leon speaking English? It's, you know, yeah, it's, it's not great. Uh, I have an accent, I'm aware of that. So my goal, it's really to have a just a like a clear, well spoken English. Yeah. Uh, that's all that's all I want. Um, and that's why I, I work probably um, I don't want to say hard because it's not hard anymore, but I used to work hard because I didn't want to <clears throat> step into a conversation and be judged uh, and, 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 and have people uh, and deal with people having assumptions about me because my English wasn't as best a as it could. Um, mm -hmm. And probably that because I like to, I, you know, back then in Ireland, the expectation was maybe, oh, you know, he's from Brazil, his English maybe is not so good. Uh, so it was nice to surprise people mm. with a good English as well. Um, it has gotten worse. You know, my partner is from uh, Brazil as well. Um, so we only speak Portuguese at home. So it's it's a little bit worse than it used to be. But um, I like to be in that place. Of, uh, it's nice to communicate well with people as well. Um, so I don't think fluency is needed. Um, if an organization is hiring you and English is not your native language. It's probably because it is an international organization where you will deal and with a lot of people coming from all sorts of places with all sorts of accents. Um, so I wouldn't worry too much um, about that. And I was uh, I remember reading an article about it years and years ago, talking um, talking about how actually native speakers in international environments, they are the ones that have to adapt when mm. they have a presentation and they use like a local slang or, you know, a word that is not wildly known or, or used. So they are the ones that have to adapt to to have a more a clear and to the point communication style because, you know, you work for an, or an organization that has 50, 60% of people that English is not their first language. So 
you know, don't come to me with, I don't even know what word. <laughs> right, exactly right. Yeah. So they're not, they're not, they're the minority in some, in some contexts. Yeah, for sure. I really like what you said about, you know, it, don't really uh, worry too much about speaking perfect English. But then you also talked about how you have a growth mindset and you're curious. And I think that's just the perfect balance to thrive in an international environment. You want to get better. You keep improving your English. You talked about uh, working on your accent. But then you are really aware of the fact that to become an effective communica communicator, you don't necessarily need perfection. Um, so I think I think that's great. Do you have any, I wonder if you have any tips or examples that have worked well, like communication tips when it comes to interviews, especially for those who are not native English speakers? Yeah. So interview wise, the best practice is to practice. I don't think there is uh, any other way uh, around it. Um, practice with other people that either are native speakers or they have a good understanding of what a, what a well-spoken English is, because sometimes there is a, a little bit of a lack of self-awareness when people are interviewing in English and they don't understand that their English is weak or, or poor. Um, so it's really important to get that feedback from, you know, a, a, an individual that says, listen, Leon, your English, I think, is you know intermediate, so you really have to to work on it. You don't need to get all the time, but at least you know where you are, and then wow. you can work uh, your improvement from uh, from there. But for interviews, best way, first of all, interviews in general, because companies have to be uh, fair and consistent uh, and give the same experience to. Uh, anyone and everyone, regardless where they're coming from or, you know, or, or whatever, interview processes are very, very similar. So you can crack that code, even not having a, you can, you can have a, I'm not, I, I don't want, that's a risky statement, but you can have an intermediate, <laughs> <laughs> you can have an intermediate level of English yeah. and pass uh, through the interview process as a fluent individual with preparation if you put the time towards it. So um, the first interaction with the recruiter is going to be via uh, over the phone for sure. So that's an opportunity for you to have your notes, have yeah. your notes, uh, write as if you are speaking and just, you know, the questions are going to be mostly the same, talking about yourself, talking about your motivations, talking about uh, what attracts you to uh, apply for the organization, talking about your different experiences. So. Um, you can have that uh, in a piece of paper or your iPad or whatever, and literally read naturally uh, mm. in a phone call. Then for the other um, steps of the interview, it's preparation. The recruiter uh, would usually help you with material and we, with what it will be expected uh, during those calls. So it's preparation and repetition, 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 and the weaker your communication skill is the more you're going to have to repeat and and prepare that's just yeah. i think the way things work yeah and and so in your experience if you've been in an interview with with someone who is clear as maybe at like an intermediate low intermediate level and it's you're kind of thinking okay will they be able to navigate 
the the company and will they you know will this work right um have there been instances where it's been like okay their their english is not really that great but they communicated themselves in a way or they kind of showed themselves in a way that makes me think that kind of like paula talked about they have a growth mindset they're they're going to learn they're going when they're put into the environment they're going to learn quickly and this person is has the skills and ability to be able to to really do well in the company have you been in those situations where english isn't the the number one thing that that you're looking at yeah well first of all they you know we work i work in an international organization and 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 have worked in the past but sometimes you be joined those organizations to work with uh, your local market or your local right. language you would still need english to communicate uh you know uh, with the people internally, if they're not, if they're not from your country, um, or to, uh, do training and, and to learn and develop. Um, but it is possible, especially if you're working with your local market to join an organization with an English that is not, uh, so, so perfect and even right. a, a intermediate, uh, level. Um, I find hard to judge um and to make the call in a phone call um if the only criteria that i have doubt on is their level of english i struggled yeah. with in the past because i don't feel that i'm you know english is my second language who am i to say that someone doesn't have okay. a good english i don't feel comfortable uh, i didn't feel comfortable with being in that position um but i've been to situations where uh what i was like i'm just I'm not sure, but uh, I passed the candidates forward, uh, moved uh, forward because it was only about their English. They were prepared, they were on point, they had good, good, uh, good answers, um, and it was only on their English. So I was like, you know, someone, uh, and that's why interview is a process that happens, hopefully in conjunction with other people. Um, it's not that I'm passing the responsibility to someone else, but I'm like, okay, you know, she or he is ticking all of the boxes here. It's just the English that I'm not really in position to make the call. Um, so I'm going to move that individual forward and the hiring manager will come back to me and say, you know, their English was poor, which it happened, uh, uh before. Uh, but also I had people that were hired and even though I was moving them forward because I didn't want to have a. I uh, didn't want to be biased uh, on my decision. With my decision, um, I was like, they're not going to go through. And they were hired. I was like, wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Yeah. Yeah, but that is very interesting. And it's something we've been hearing more and more lately that, you know, before to work at an international company, you had to have a very high level of English. That was one of the criteria that you had to meet. And, and now I've, I've started to realize how more companies are saying, okay, we really need the skills. And English is something that everyone can learn. So let's hire this person. Let's, let's give a lot of weight to the fact that they know how to do things. And then we'll take on the, you know, the training and development and we'll, we'll help them reach the fluency that they need for their job. So it's interesting that you mentioned that. I think that more company, more companies are starting to, to have that, that approach. Yeah, and they should, for example, back home, I think 3% of the population only um, speak English. So oh, wow. um, you, you, 
you have to give those individuals the opportunity to develop themselves yeah. um, and, and to have access, you know, to the same opportunities that people that study English uh, have, because usually that would be associated with economic power. Um, so you're giving people uh, opportunities to, to, you know, thrive yeah. and develop as well. And that's a huge, I mean, that's such a, like, the amount of talent, you know what I mean? That's, that's right there. That's untapped. You know, it's, it's just a, it's such a opportunity. Um, so, so this is, I mean, I, I love this topic and I want to, I think we both really want to talk about the, the side of like content creation and employer branding, because that's kind of the other side and, and maybe the side that for you, I think going forward, it looks like you're really building up and, and I think is really interesting, especially now when we talk about employer branding today and you know from my perspective a lot of times especially in tech it looks like there's so many people that are just copycatting you know that are that are that are doing the the same thing and trying to project the same image again and again and again for you i mean what's what's your philosophy around how companies can do this in an honest way that that attracts high level talent yeah good question so um, I think today, in my opinion, what works well is um, give your employees a good experience working for your organization. Uh, that's step number one. And then um, empower them and give empower and give them tools so they are able to um, express them themselves online and, and create content. And part of what they're going to share is the journey of being part of your organization, but it's not going to be only about that. Don't push, push your employees to, you know, keep sharing and telling the story of what it's like to work here mm -hmm. all the time. Um, mm -hmm. So you have to be, um, you have, and, and within those tools, um, I have a, a group, a community called uh, by regular people where I'm, I'm, uh, I'm being helped as well, but I'm helping people, uh, remove blockers and barriers, um, in regards to content creation. And then we create content community. So we, we help each other and we support each other. And there is a lot of insecurities. There is a lot of blockers. There is a lot of uh, fear of, of judgment because it is a public space and right. to fail in the public space, it's not pleasant, you know, to share a piece of content and have zero interactions, even though nobody cares about it is not uh, it's not nice. So there is an element of that of almost, you know, holding hands uh, for a while until people are comfortable to share content, push them to share content within our network. Sometimes we share insecurities, we share the posts that we want to create. And we are telling each other, you know, this is great, you know, go ahead uh, and we help each other with, with engagement, with meaningful engagement. So it's it's hard to fail in the public space. Um, just to go back to your, your question, then as an organization, um, if your employees are having a good time um, and if you are allow them and give them the tools um, uh, to in order for them to express themselves online, that's the, the, the way to go. Um, and the, giving the tools and removing the, the barriers and the blockers is the hardest part because I think a, a lot of us uh, and maybe a lot of leaders take it for granted. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, just tell Liam to, to, to create content online. But there's <laughs> so much more associated to it. What if right. I don't have any interactions? What if nobody likes it? What if I get, if I get canceled? So 
um, you need to bring people and, and walk with them together um, in that journey. Yeah, I like that. And also how, like, also finding, I guess, your voice to make it sound genuine and original and not just something yeah. that you're supposed to do, but you don't really feel, you know, in your element there. So, yeah, it's a very it's interesting. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's, hard. it's, not, it's, not, it's not easy. And then they're copycatting, everyone doing the same. Um, right. You know, I think one post that is trending that even a friend of mine did in the past, if you're listening to it, you know who you are. I hope she, she doesn't mind. But uh, there was a trend of, of, of putting, you know, rejection, rejection, rejection 30 times and then acceptance or no, 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 30 times. And then yeah. yes, you know, you're only one step away. And so many people were doing the same. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a great message to share, but I don't know. But I, I love your point about that. It starts first with, having really engaged employees and that's you know much easier said than done right and that's like you have yeah. to do the hard work first before you have some you know really nice employer branding campaign you know it's like uh i guess you could put the lipstick on the pig but it's still a pig at the end of the day right unless you have very engaged employees uh, yeah. i think that that's an interesting point like you have to do the hard work first as a company which which that that's fascinating and i guess maybe it makes it easier for you you know, if you're at a good company to do the, you know, to do the talent attraction, you know, when it is a good company. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are other things that companies can and should do, uh, right. you know, utilize their company page, their social media handles and create campaigns, sponsor content, advertisement and, and all that. But I think people that's my argument people want to hear from from people and uh, there was even a post about three weeks ago of uh, the social handle of uh tim cook and apple uh i think it was bill gates and and microsoft and maybe elon musk and tesla and the show, social handle of the individuals had the double of following than the organization wow. uh, had so yeah um it's it, it's just show the power of of personal branding so if employees are empowered and they are at ease and they are okay and they have the yeah. tools to do so um it's yeah it's it can only bring good things yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that i mean that is that right that personal branding and, and you know you think about like a company is just like a it's just a name or a face you know what i mean like like you, you want to see an actual person and and I think that that's interesting. That's why, you know, these CEOs today are, are they are in a way like rock stars in a way, right? And, and yeah. That, that space means a lot. Yeah. And if your, lead, if your leader is not so active or, you know, I think it's kind of expected now. You know, yeah. people look up to you. I think it is part of a skill set that you have to develop for your future, especially now because not a lot of people do it. Mm. So it's a good time uh, to, to, to leverage it. Stand out. Yeah, that's great. I love what you said about people want to hear from people. That's something we sometimes forget, but it's so true. Yeah. So, so true. That's why you see those posts on LinkedIn, you know, that should not be your content strategy, but <clears throat> they call it cringe. You know, oh, I <laughs> no. was going for an interview today. It rained. I saw someone asking for money. I gave them my jacket. The owner yeah. of the company saw everything and hired me with no interview. <laughs> and somehow you know, it works. 
it 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 does because it's i think it's a it's probably a st storytelling uh, technique there there was a, an article that i read the other day talking about you know how people behave in, in different platforms and it was giving an example of a a post of an individual uh, saying uh using those exact words uh higher is low very is low go out for breakfast lunch dinner take your time talk to your team i'm i've been interviewing someone for the past five years that person doesn't even know it's going yeah. well so far there you go <laughs> i love that <laughs> oh man that's an active talent acquisition cycle right there that's there you go <laughs> pipelining yeah exactly right that's great um great well I, leon i think this this was uh, a really great opportunity to meet and, and uh, again we really appreciate you taking the time to to meet today and and uh i thought like all of your points were so insightful and i hope you know all of the people listening that you know if you are doing the the interview and and you're second guessing ah should i interview with the big global global company you know go for it you know like you you never know as you said you might get a first interview call, like you said, who someone thinks, ah, I don't know if they're going to get good enough. And then there you go. They make it all the way through and get hired. So you just, you just never know, which I think that's, uh, I really appreciate you sharing that story. And, and I think it should give a lot of people a lot of inspiration. So yeah, let the recruiter tell you that you are not good enough for the hiring manager. Don't tell yourself that. I love that. Very yeah, good advice. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Leon, just uh, so you have the opportunity for anybody that uh, is listening, if you want to just kind of uh, plug all, all the things that you're doing, like all the 500 things you're doing, you know, like let, let the people know where uh, where can they find you? Uh, LinkedIn is probably the best. Um, I don't know if there's going to be notes, but uh, Leo Newsbaumer, um, quite a, a hard surname, but uh, Leo Newsbaumer and then over there, you're gonna see all the stuff that I'm doing. Uh, if you wanna really want to give me uh, love, uh, follow Leon and the professionals on your favorite podcast platform. Um, there is one episode out. The next one is to be out soon, uh, but I have a couple of uh, of them recorded, as you just said. So join me on that journey and and judge my English. See how imperfect <laughs> it is and how. I'm still doing it. <laughs> imperfectly doing it perfect. Well. Imperfectly perfect. I tell you what. And 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 thank you. And and we'll definitely be watching as well. And um, yeah, who knows? We'll maybe catch up again uh, down the line uh, at a different point. So um, great, great. Well, uh, thank you uh, to you again and 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 Paula for for taking the time today. And um, I guess that is it for us. Uh, we'll have notes and everything like that. And as well, your your handle and, and where to find you and everything. Um, but that's it for us. Paula, anything else from you? Uh, no, just, you know, we keep having new webinars coming up. And if, you know, if you're interested, we have one every every month. I think in March we have two. So I'll we'll, we'll add the links in the notes and people can just, you know, join as many as you like. Awesome. Great. Uh, well, that is it from us. And as always, to all of you listeners out there, keep learning. And that's all we have for you today. We hope you enjoyed it. And remember to subscribe to Talera Talks. We'll be back soon with more. And visit our website at talera.com for more valuable content on Business English. 
You can also request a free consultation on the best ways for you and your team to improve your communication skills. So have a great day and keep learning. Thank you.